Welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team, or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity, and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Christy Lee, hi. Juliet, hello. Great to be with you again. Yes, great to talk. Now, we have a really interesting um topic to tackle today mm-hmm. um, and again I'm loving this we're getting questions um, coming in um, about things that you want us to tackle and this was another one of these questions the question today is how do you deal with a situation where you're stepping into leadership of an established team mm-hmm. so where you're not um, necessarily the key leader but you're coming in at a sort of the next level down Mm. but with a very established team and I think this is a great question because I think this happens for people a lot Mm, I think it's an excellent question because I think as you go along in your leadership journey you will undoubtedly at some point change organizations and therefore end up in a situation where you are stepping into a role to fill the shoes of a previous leader and the team may be very, very well established. And in fact, I've had this query uh, recently in our Facebook group when we were asking for suggestions, Juliet, and someone did mm. ask about how to navigate when you're, you're, you're a new leader of a business, in this case, they've taken over a business and the team yep. have been there a long time and are very well established. And it, it's challenging. It is. I, I totally agree. I think it's, um, and I think, let's be clear, there is definitely a role for whoever's bringing you in mm. to ensure that um, everybody knows uh, who you are mm. and what you're there to do. And that they spend a bit of time making sure that you are inducted properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting. I am. Um, I've been running a series of workshops recently with a whole lot of different businesses, and I ask about induction all the time because mm-hmm. we talk about culture and things. And probably about thirty percent of the people in those workshops say, say they have some sort of induction program. Oh, but for lots of them, it's literally handing over you know, maybe a, a manual or access to a file that's got all your processes and procedures and mm-hmm. here's the kitchen sort of thing. Yeah. So I think as leaders we have a real responsibility when we bring anybody in, particularly though people who we're bringing in in a leadership role, mm. to really help them with that induction process. And part of that is explaining the culture, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think onboarding is such a critical process and, yes, mm. most people don't do it well, mm. but it is the probably the simplest and most important thing you can do to set someone up for success in a position is get that first onboarding period right. And yeah. it's not just about having them read the policies, which is very common, and sort of showing them around. It is mm. really embedding them into the team. And I agree with you that particularly they're stepping into a leadership role with an existing team. Mm. They need direction and parameters. They need to know where you see them fitting in this sort of whole scheme of things. They yes. need also your, you know, as the leader, they need to hear from you as to 
what the challenges have been in the team, what the successes have been in the team, where they see the strengths and weaknesses of the team so that you can walk in with some concept of what you're walking into in that role. Um, However, I almost feel like the higher up the chain you get, the less likely it is you're going to get a decent onboarding. I, th- I, I, that's certainly what I see. It's mm. interesting, isn't it? There's sort of an assumption that you'll just know, and we don't want to step on your toes. Mm. So we're going to just let you get in there and, you know, get going, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think there's real value, and you hear about it from time to time. Leaders who say, "I'm just here to listen for a while," mm. you know, and it's it's that sort of seek first to understand thing. I think, isn't it? Where they just they just listen and they talk to individuals particularly sort of one-on-one conversations to try and get the lie of the land mm-hmm. now i th- think when we're bringing people into leadership roles there may be we may have a feeling that we sort of told them a lot in the interview process mm-hmm. so they should know but i think the conversations we have as part of interviews shouldn't be seen as the induction process no. I think we need to revisit those conversations mm. and build on them because certainly we're not going to be as open in an interview process as we are once somebody is actually in the door and has signed their non-disclosure agreements. Yes. yes. Um, and I think being really open with leaders we're bringing in is mm. so fundamental. And as you say, setting those the expectations is really important. Mm. I think so. And especially... You know, if you are walking into this this role and you've you're reporting into someone, you've got a team under you. You want that information. You want that intel, not because you're going to make assumptions mm. or because mm. you're going to use it in any other way, but it just helps to fast forward you a little bit and not have to sort of play the guessing game. Because, you know, I do think absolutely when you're walking into those environments, spending some time talking to each individual and listening to each individual is important. Absolutely. But mm. also there's going to be individuals in that group that are going to try and influence you about your opinion on things. And yes. it's good to have some impartiality coming from top down to yeah. give you the heads up that that might happen. Absolutely. And and I, and I think that's critical, mm. sort of understanding before you go in who, you know, what the history has been mm. and who does have, the, where, the, where the informal power lies, who has that influence mm. that's based around um, you know, social skills and those sorts of things, yeah. not necessarily um, positional authority. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you're coming in as a new leader, there is a real opportunity here to just hold a boundary or two yeah, and, and be really clear that you're not going to, you know, people love saying you're going to hit the ground running. Mm. But actually that's not necessarily a great way to do things no. because chances are you're going to blunder into things that you didn't anticipate and that you are potentially going to run up against things that will make life really difficult for you. Yeah. And I think when you're walking into an existing team, in all likelihood, they're very capable and they're competent Yeah, and they will be able to get on with you. There's nothing you need to immediately walk in and fix unless you've been instructed that that's the case. Yeah. The majority of the time you don't need to do too much when you first get there, yet our instinct is often to make change, put our mark on things, have some impact, I would suggest that that doesn't need to happen in the early stages and and you are actually much better off not changing anything and Mm. observing, listening, getting the full picture of things before jumping into making any changes. And I think importantly as well, as this new leader, 
I'd be checking in with those above me if they haven't been instructional on this to find out what is it that is my objective in this role? Why have you appointed me to this role over anyone else? Because it, Mm -hmm. it could be that um, they're looking for a particular strength that you showed at interview to make a particular outcome happen or you know influence the team in a certain way. And maybe that's been clear in their mind, but they haven't communicated it. So I would definitely be asking, yeah. you know, again, managing up there, asking for that detail about what are the objectives? What are the strategic mm. objectives? How am I going to get the team along with those um, so that you don't start going down one pathway and then have to pivot to a whole new direction? I think that's, in, yeah, really useful. And so that you don't get swayed by individuals who have an agenda mm-hmm. in the team as well. So yes. you're really clear about what's expected of you. And I think you're right. I think so often we want to make our mark early and sort of show that, you know, they made the right decision in bringing us in sort of thing. Mm. But having a really steady hand can also demonstrate that, you know, yeah, showing that we're actually there to make a difference and we're there we're not there to kind of do a hit and run we're there for the longer haul mm-hmm. and yeah. part of that is about understanding the team and and what you're describing is about the culture mm-hmm. of the team because as you say usually you know teams are already performing if they're bringing people in at a leadership role it's yeah. not necessarily about um performance no so letting them just get on and but tell you about the culture mm-hmm. And how do things work around here? And getting to understand where influence lies, I think, yeah. is so important. Yeah. And the flip side of that as well is in taking a more measured approach when you first step into that role and observing and listening is not to be so far removed that the team don't know what you're doing or don't know why you're there. Yes. So yes. it's keeping communication lines really flowing really talking to the people still both individually and collectively so that they don't think that you're actually sitting in a in a desk and in an office doing not a lot because yes, yes. they'll start to feel resentful that they didn't get the gig I think yes yeah no and look you need to be talking with them absolutely mm-hmm. yeah um and and uh, yes I mean I think you're absolutely right sitting in an office trying to digest things isn't going to help you connect with the team no. I also think there's a real role here for people in the team. If you have a, a new leader coming in and you see that they've sort of been cut adrift by senior management and are not being, haven't been sort of inducted properly, mm. you can always manage up as well and suggest that they meet with people one-on-one and, and you know, suggest that they do certain things that might give them an insight into the culture. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I think we're often reluctant to do that, to manage up and to, you know, poke our nose in. But Mm. I think, you know, particularly if you know that there's other stakeholders within the business that maybe aren't directly in their team, but are going to be really important for them to connect with, I would absolutely be making that suggestion. And I think there is an element in some businesses that I've seen where people can be a little bit resentful about having to help the leader that's stepped in above them. Yes. But that leader yeah. is going to rely on you for your knowledge and expertise. And by helping them, you're actually going to help them be a better leader for you much more quickly. So, yeah, um, yeah I really like to see people get actively involved in that where it's appropriate to mm. make recommendations or to bring something to someone's attention or point them in the right direction. Um, that will have a really nice uh, sort of counter effect as well in terms of the gratitude that they will feel towards you. 
Mm, I think that's right. I think that, that, you know, understanding that they might need some support, mm. but that support will then help you and help the rest of the team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's mm. really important too. It is a challenge. You know, whenever you're walking into an existing team, there's a lot of unknowns and also, you know, you're always cautious, of course, not to just assume that what you're being told is fact because everyone has their own agendas and there is always that challenge in workplaces. Yeah. Um, and particularly if the leader that you're replacing has been particularly well-liked amongst the team, um, it can be really, you know, quite difficult um, to then get the team on board with you. So sort of knowing all of that coming into it, having the right onboarding, and if you're not getting it, seeking it out and actually asking mm. for it. I mean, I would go as far that if I wasn't getting the right onboarding in that situation, I would be inclined to go to my manager and say, look, can I get half an hour of your time once a week for the next six weeks? Yeah, I have some questions that I'd like yep. to run through and just take control of it yourself because it's going to make you feel a lot more confident and secure in your position. And mm -hmm. sometimes the reality is we do have to seek it out ourselves, unfortunately. Oh, I think totally. Mm. And, and I think don't be afraid to do that. And even if it's half an hour twice a week. Yes. Um, if that's what you need or even, you know, to just work, finding out how things work I think is so fundamental. So, uh, yes, I think that managing upward mm. is something we avoid because it's, tiny bit scary yes and um, and 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 particularly in a new role mm. there's this sense of well I must be able to do that that's why I'm here yeah um but you're there for a whole lot of reasons yes and, and sometimes yeah. they're not always clear to you because they've been made yes. you know internally by the whoever made the decision after yes. an interview where you would have spoken about lots of different things that you've done in the mm -hmm. past so mm -hmm. um yeah, it's not always directly apparent. And I think quite often too, like you said, there's an assumption that at a certain level you know what you're doing and you do, but you yeah. don't know this business and you don't no. know the intricacies of the dynamics and all of those things. And, and they're the things that really matter when you're stepping into a leadership role there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm. Uh, and look, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, this any time you step into a new role at any point, I think, um there are real challenges around that. Mm. So making sure that you're being assertive, making sure that you are, um, I guess, putting your oxygen mask on. Yes. So that you can help your team mm -hmm. is really important. And I think that managing up is the most critical part of that. Mm. Absolutely. Getting all that you need to be successful in your role, mm. uh, not waiting for it to come to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Great question mm. that we've had to answer today. So I appreciate that. And um, just a reminder, if you do have a question or a topic that you would like us to chat about on one of our episodes, head to the Facebook group, grow your uh, Facebook page, I should say, grow your influence and let us know there. The link is always in the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode, or if you just search grow your influence podcast on Facebook, you should find us there. Perfect. Thank you, Christy Lee. Thanks, Juliet. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.